Welcome to the Infinity Initiative, a 10th anniversary Marvel Cinematic Universe movie rewatch podcast. Episode 5, Captain America, the First Avenger. Hello there! Welcome to the Infinity Initiative. Avengers Infinity War is just over the horizon. To prepare, we're watching all of the MCU movies in order. My name is Stuart, and I'm joined by Samantha. Hello. We're big MCU fans and are super excited to rewatch these movies. So let's dive into Joe Johnson's 2011 Captain America, The First Avenger. Hi, Samantha. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Very Have good. How are you? Good. It's been a week since we talked. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you? So you got to watch uh, Captain America, right? Yes. The spoilers. This is my favorite MCU movie. <laughs> this this is the one, followed closely by Winter Soldier. But we'll get to that one in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a good one, and um, it also sets up the story for Agent Carter. <gasps> Agent Carter. <sighs> Poor one. Much. The much missed. The Firefly of the MCU, Agent Carter, the series. <laughs> There's Samantha talking about Firefly again. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Dear listeners, <laughs> she talked about it before I talked about Star Trek. I just want to make that reference. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yes. The much. I, I want to rewatch the series again because I'm not sure. I, I It was good, but it wasn't great. You know what I mean? But I want to rewatch it again to see how it to see how it actually stacks up in my head. Um, I don't think I'm going to get to it on this rewatch, but you know, maybe after <laughs> infinity war comes out, um, maybe. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if she was in infinity war? Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh yes, it would be. I have heard though that, um, captain Marvel, that's the name of that movie, right? Yeah. Yes. Captain Marvel is going to be set in the nineties. And I've seen a hmm. couple of set photos, um, and it's for sh- it's been announced that um, uh, Nick Cage is in it. So, not Nick Cage. That's not his name. <laughs> Nick Fury. That's his name. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if Nick Cage wasn't it? Uh, oh, that yeah, that, that would still be fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> he's reprising his role as Ghost Rider. Um, <laughs> No, so that's, po- that's possible, actually. It is, it is. Yeah. But no, let's not have that. Um, no, <laughs> but but uh, Nick Fury um, is in it, and so it would be interesting if if we got a little bit of Peggy Carter in that. We'll have to wait till we'll have to wait till Ant Man again to see her. So <laughs> sad face, yeah. sad, oh. sad emoji face right there. What do you remember watching this when you first saw it? Did you see it in the theater? I guess is a good way to put that. No, I saw it at home. I was homesick that day and somebody was there who was being a grouch (laughs) as usual. (laughs) And because of those two things, I did not enjoy this movie the first time I saw it. As a matter of fact, I fell asleep in the middle of it. Really? Yes. I don't and, know that we can be friends anymore. Well, that was the first time I saw it. And I think it had more to do with the person that I was oh, with okay. and the situation I was in. That was more than the movie itself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's yeah. good. So so bad, bad, 
bad memories of that. We won't go into those anymore. Um, I saw this one in the theater. And my sister and I, we went to the, we went to some fancy theater in Portland and it had, you know, you could buy beer and food and all that sort of stuff. And, and people came to, but we were late. So I didn't get all of the beginning stuff. Like the whole scene where they're in the ice, didn't see that at all. Um, oh. I actually started the movie with uh, Hugo Weaving driving his car through the, through the church. And I'm like, this is kind of a, a kind of a downer type movie way to start this movie and then it ended and proceeded and you see skinny steve and and uh stanley tucci you know interact and that's a great and then you see tommy lee jones and that's awesome because tommy lee jones is awesome and we're introduced to miss peggy carter and then you know this the story goes on and it's and it's absolutely wonderful um so yeah i also as I was rewatching this, had a really hard time connecting the the Tesseract that was in Thor to the Tesseract or the Unlimited Power. Or I don't know that they actually call it the Tesseract in in Captain America. Did you have that same problem? Well, yeah, because the timelines didn't line up correctly because I was thinking, what on Earth was the Tesseract doing both on Earth and on Asgard? And then I did some research. Mm-hmm. And I realized that we made a mistake last week on the podcast because what we saw in the beginning third of Thor, the movie, was not the Tesseract. It's only referenced once by name and it's called the Casket. Okay, so this is the thing that uh, 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 Odin and Thor and Loki are are looking at um, in the very beginning and the things that the Frost Giants come steal, right? Right, because okay. originally it did belong to the Frost Giants. Okay, so so Odin steals this casket from the Frost Giants, and the Frost Giants come back to reclaim their property. I don't see the problem with this. Yeah, and in the comics, the full name of the casket is the Casket of Ancient Winters, which is why in the beginning of Thor, you see that the Ice Giants open it up, or I'm sorry, the Frost Giants uh they open it up, um, and it blasts ice. Okay. Yeah. and But the thing that is really confusing is they used the same um, same shape. It's like a, a box <laughs> with a metal, like, handheld thing uh, that, that it's encased in with this sort of, I'm going to call it, like, a blue flame look coming from the inside of the box. Very and so similar. Both, yeah. yeah. And, and so it's, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so <sighs> we don't yeah. have the Tesseract. So that box, which I thought was the Tesseract, <laughs> is not the Tesseract. But it's you did say, tesseract. didn't you say that it was mentioned in Thor? The casket was mentioned by name once. Okay. Uh, and the Tesseract actually shows up on Earth um, in the after credit scene. In Thor. Uh, so it's in the scene with Nick Fury and uh, yeah, the, the Stellan Sarsgaard and, and yeah, yeah, in the and very end. So the so the box that we're going after is not the the Tesseract. That is a that is a misstep on Kevin Feige's part. I'm gonna yeah. So the first time we actually see the Tesseract in the MCU, according to Miss Samantha, is that after credit scene. In Thor. Right. Okay. And then the second time we see it, 
which is the first time it actually shows up in the MCU, because <laughs> time travel, not for kids, um, <laughs> is the scene when Hugo Weaving drives his car through the church and grabs it out of the Tree of Life and, oh, look, I found it, and kills everybody because he's mean. Do you, did you recognize who the tower keeper was in yes, that scene? Yes. He's <laughs> David Bradley. David Bradley. Yeah, who revised um, the role of the first incarnation of the Doctor in Doctor Who this past Christmas. Which, and he also played, uh, oh, man, what's his name? Argus Filch. No, yeah, Argus Filch and um, in An Adventure in Time and Space, which was a sort of behind the scenes Argus movie. Filch. So Argus Filch is Harry Potter. <laughs> William, um, William Hartnell. That's the William, name I was thinking so of. So William Hartnell yeah. is Adventure Time and Space. Uh, the first Doctor is... Uh, he pl- William Hartnell played the first twice, Doctor. Right. Twice Upon yeah. a Christmas. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, David Bradley is in Twice Across Upon a Christmas. And, so, yeah. and yeah. he's in Game of Thrones. Yes. I forget his name. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> he's a... Uh, He's Theon's dad, right? Uh, yes. I have not. I'm only beginning to listen to the books um, oh. on Audible. I have not seen the show. I'm not sure if I want to. It's a rough <laughs> one. It's a rough one. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's he he plays somebody. I don't want to get into too many spoilers for you specifically, um, but he plays somebody in um, uh, uh, Game of Thrones. So. Right. Yes. Um, okay. So David Bradley is the is the uh, the church shopkeeper, which is fun. Um, yeah. So so that was our after thens. What do you, what? I'm hoping when you watch this movie again, <laughs> it was under a little better company. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, completely different circumstances. I watched it again at my parents' house because I just happened to be here and it was on TV. And I was like, oh, there's nothing else to watch. And I watched it and I was like, what was I thinking the first time? This is a great movie. It's so much fun. <laughs> it is absolutely a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's got a great message too, right? Yeah. Don't be cowardly. I don't like bullies. You know, they, they got to quit sometime. I mean, those are, I could do this all day. I could the I could do this all day line gets me verklempt because of what happens. I mean, he says it to Tony. In Civil War, yeah. I'm verklempt. But like the the scene when you know uh, Tommy Lee Jones, I forget his name, throws the grenade into the crowd and everybody scatters except for Steve. Yes. That's yes. awesome. And he get away. It's like that. That is what I want Captain America to be. That is what I want Captain America to be. That's also what I want Superman to be. But let's not go there. That's a <laughs> different podcast. Yeah. Um, um, no, go ahead. Well, the th- yeah, that's the one thing I love about this movie is even before he gets all the muscles and he's tall and and so forth and he has good health. It, Poor kid. Did you did you read that list of illnesses he has? Yes. He had scarlet of... fever. He had scarlet fever. If anyone's ever read or watched any of the movies of Little Women, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, one of the sisters gets scarlet fever and she dies later of heart failure. And the, the reason, the connection there is that scarlet fever causes, um, in some cases, weakness in the heart. Mm -hmm. So that would have, um, 
that was another thing that would, I mean, all that stuff you saw on that list would have qualified Steve as 4F. Um, right. Which is not, I mean. Yeah, it's really not good. And and we, he really had no no business, um, Bucky had no business pulling Steve onto that cyclone when they were kids. <laughs> Over at um, <laughs> the cyclone ride that they were talking about later in the movie. Um, well, you know, what, kids are yeah, kids. Yeah, but one thing I just loved about this movie was even before Steve was all tall and big and healthy, he had so much courage. If you need to say handsome, you can. He's cute as skinny Steve. Okay. He is cute. Now, as as bigger Steve, I mean, if you need to, you go ahead and use the words that you want to use. I I won't be offended. Yes, he's handsome. Okay. But if, if you if you watch Peggy, she even admires him before he has this procedure done. Right, right. And she, you can see that she that she just she just really likes him. And then as soon as he gets all the muscle, she's like, "Oh, yeah, look at this." <laughs> and 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 I've heard that from more than one from more than one fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, anytime, anytime Steve is is Chris Evans is without his shirt, people are happy. I don't know why I don't get it, but whatever. Uh, I also think it's interesting that when he does get bigger, his pants magically grow with him. Um, I mean, I understand the movie reason why, but uh, Mm -hmm. I kind of expected a little bit more Thor, not Thor Hulk situations where his pants ripped off. Maybe there's some purple shorts. I don't know. Um, I like to imagine that in in the back of his pants, uh, he he had it tailor made so it was elastic in the back. Well, yes, that makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> if you, if you ever like buy little children's clothes, they'll have elastic waists. They will, they will. If you buy some adult clothes, they have elastic waists. So, yeah, um, yeah. I really i i enjoyed this movie. I how we get we get a we get so the Howard Stark we got in um, Iron Man two was obviously more towards the end of his career. This is the Howard Stark that made him made his name. Um, and he's, he's played wonderfully by, uh, Dominic something. Um, hold on. IMDB to the rescue. Uh, Dominic Cooper. Oh, look at me. He's played wonderfully by Dominic Cooper. And, and he yes. also, that Dominic, Mr. Cooper also reprised the role when they did go to, um, when they did go to uh, Agent Carter, and we and we saw that car again in Agent Carter, and it was working properly. Yes, and then that's a you know that's a call forward to um to the flying car in uh in Shield. Nobody, Lola, Lola, nobody touches Lola, not yeah. one person. And then he referenced the flying car again this episode, this last week's episode of Agents of Shield. Yes. So I mean, the flying car has been around for a long time. Stark's forbidding yes. technology was also in uh, the things that made the the air the helicarriers move. We saw those in in Avengers, and we saw those in um, in uh, Cap Two, Winter Soldier. So I mean, the this movie does. We're kind of getting to the third topic, but this movie does set up that shared universe. You know, going forward from here, um, I'm excited to see where you know other period pieces come you know like captain marvel is supposed to come up soon um and that's set in the 90s right so i'm excited to see how that sort of fills in some gaps between you know the 40s with captain america and what 
and what we're seeing now with um you know obviously uh, infinity war and black panther and doctor strange and all that sort of stuff so uh, the, it'll be fun to see and i do like the fact that this is to me this movie fully realizes that whole shared universe thing um i, I it kind of had to i think it was the first one that was made after they decided to uh to to do the avengers right so they said we got to do the avengers but we got to have captain america in it so let's put up Captain America movie first. And yes. you got it, you kind of get the sense that they went, okay, if this one's going to tie it all together and make a nice bow. And I think it does. I think it does. Yeah. And this is the last uh, ins- installment we absolutely need for Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because all the pieces, uh, um, Nick Fury has gathered all of his pieces together. Mm-hmm. And in the next movie, what we're going to see are all of those pieces put into action. Or all of those people put into action. Mm-hmm. And they have to come together and they have to have a reason to fight. Yes. Pour one out. <sighs> uh, but yeah, it, so so I really do think that this is a great movie. And of course, Joe Johnson, the gentleman who directed The Rocketeer, gets to direct this period piece. And he also directed, by the way, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> That was his first directorial, and then this, and then this comes along, and it's—I mean, there's lots of movies between that, this and that, but you know, you can tell that this—that he really has a handle on the story he wants to tell, and I, and I like it, and I think the effects are good. You know, I mean, a good thirty percent of the movie, no, thirty minutes of the movie is with Steve being skinny Steve, Chris Evans being skinny Steve, and that's a. That's not an easy feat to come off. You know, it's not an easy thing to to pull off. The fact that he's not skinny <laughs> and not as short as he is in real life, you know? Yeah. Um, um, and the guy who was the size model for Skinny Steve, he's also a bartender later in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I just navigated away from the cast list. That was a, That was unfortunate. Yeah, um, because I was also trying to look up to see if this movie won any awards for um, the CGI work. Yeah. And let's see. Music. It won for music? When they won for uh, the BMI Film Music Award for film. Alan Silvestri won um, that award for this who, movie. Who also did the music for Back to the Future, so. Yes. Um. It also sets up the SSR, which is a thing that, that comes into play, you know, obviously through through Agent Carter, but it's the it's the forerunner for Shield, and so anytime we have Shield, we have SSR, um, and so that's a that's a huge that's kind of a big deal, you know. It kind of it's the foundation for it to stand on. Yes, we have Shield now, or Sword or whatever going for, going into the future, um, but. It needed to be somewhere else, you know, it needed to be in, in, in the past and the SSR does allow us to do that. Yeah. Okay. So this movie, like, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger did win for the visual effects society award. Good. Uh, they won out. Yeah. They won outstanding compositing in a feature motion, motion picture, which they deserved. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if they were nominated for any major awards, 
um, you're 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 talking about the Oscars, yeah, right? Yeah, like Oscars, Golden Globes, that kind of thing. Because one thing that irks me about I'm not big into the the whole award season stuff because one thing that irks me is that they are very it's it's a lot of there's a lot of business politics involved, uh, like film industry business, and because of that, a lot of cat uh, a lot of these categories are filled with mostly dramas. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take into account for science fiction or or um, fantasy or... Comic book movies. Con- yeah, it doesn't really it, take those into account as being worthy of genre. being nominated for these awards when actually they're the... Yeah, when actually they're the ones that are pushing the limits of costuming, makeup, CGI, um, storytelling... And it it makes no sense that there these movies are being ignored because they're considered popcorn movies mm-hmm. and not serious movies. No, you know they might they might not be the most serious movie movies in the world, but they do they do have something to contribute to the film industry, and it's mm-hmm. unfair. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. Um. So. Aside from this, should have won the best picture nomination for everything <laughs> that year. Uh, I don't actually remember. I'm just being a fanboy, so you know you can send your hate mail too. Uh, do you have anything? Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? Tommy Lee Jones steals every scene that he's in. Every shot he's in. What are you talking about? Every yes. shot. I mean, when he first sees Steve in that lineup. Um, in basic training, he only takes a fraction of a second to pause to register that there's this tiny little sickly kid, this ninety pound guy. And 90, that's he even calls in training. It, you you brought a ninety pound asthmatic onto my base. I didn't, you know. Yeah. Whatever. But he he it's like he hardly like skips a beat, but he mm-hmm. just takes like a moment out of that rhythm. To register, there's this little scrawny kid over here. What's, what's the, he doing? <laughs> who brought the teenager onto my base? Yeah, uh, and, and I'm pretty sure he's like 19 or 20, uh, maybe 21. I'm not sure right. exactly, right. but right around that age. Um, and there's a really great scene later where he's talking to Dr. Zola and he offers Dr. Zola a steak dinner. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Zola's like, oh, that's it. that doesn't sit with me well. And... <laughs> And uh, uh, Colonel Phillips says, oh, he, and and I think he, Dr. Zola said that out of the guise of, oh, this might be poisoned. And Tommy Lee Jones takes that meal away from him and starts eating the steak. Right. right. <laughs> oh, it's so charming. <laughs> and then, and then it, the line right after that where he's like, we just, here, read this. And Dr. Zola's reading it. And he's like, we just sent that to Germany. I hope your boys haven't cracked our codes yet. Have they? Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's so there's so many great actors in this, and so many yeah. um, accomplished actors too. I mean, Hugo Weaving, he's yeah. won an Oscar. What is he doing in a movie about you know with a red face? What is he doing there? And and it would be awesome to have to have Red Skull show up, but he's such a. I mean, you kind of need him to be in a movie set in the forties. Cause I don't know how you're going to have him be in the current day. Right. And so how are you going to have another captain America movie set in the forties? You're not really, 
Mm. You know, I, I, yeah. I mean, this this movie sort of goes from the time he becomes Captain America to the time he's frozen in the water. There's not really a lot of playroom in there, um, unless he unless you you know expand upon him being him going around and destroying all the Hydra bases. Hydra, we got Hydra. The first mention of Hydra true. in this, yeah, and they based an entire season <laughs> of of. Shield on it, Agents of Shield on on Hydra, um, and then yeah. Hydra comes back in Winter Soldier. So, yeah, Hydra is a big deal, and it, it play, has played out a big deal in the, in the the phases of Marvel. You know, up until now, I kind of don't know if it could be in. So let's let's pretend it's wild speculation time that okay. the uh, that Avengers Infinity War is Chris Evans or the next one whatever Avengers four is, is Chris Evans last movie. Okay. So if they do, if they recast Captain America and basically they have Bucky or somebody else pick up the shield, maybe it's Sam. Um, they have him pick up the shield. Red skull. No, no longer matters as a villain. <laughs> that's right. That's kind of where I'm saying that. So red skull does not matter if, if Chris Evans as, um, Captain Rogers isn't there. Oh, possibly with Bucky. Possibly. Possibly. If but Bucky you, does replace Steve. I mean, that that whole thing in Winter Soldier. Bucky's gone past Red Skull now. He's dealing with whatever the... I forget what the, the bad guys were in Winter Soldier. Red Star or something like that. Um, yeah. Well, it, it was the one guy, but like, what, what team did Bucky belong to? Um, I don't so. know, but I think... Uh, um, I'll find out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, finding out doing, d- going back and finding out what happened to Bucky all those years ago would be an interesting movie itself. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. And then maybe it can be called winter soldier, Captain America. <gasps> Ooh, that would be interesting. <laughs> I don't know if they'd do that, but... <laughs> well, it feels like... I mean, as part of the greater... So when you write comics, you can write as many as you want. <laughs> you don't Correct. have to worry about... You don't have to worry about casting. You don't have to worry about you know finding locations and, and writing a script and having it condensed into a two-hour movie. When you do a movie, or when, you, when you're doing a film franchise, you can't just make every story that pops into your head. You have to make really awesome ones. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. Well, I, it'd be interesting to see where the end of infinity war takes us. And that's, I guess yes. why we're doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am both worried and excited about that movie because there are so many people in that movie. There's like at least 50 people. in that movie that are starring in that movie. And I'm wondering how they're going to deal with that. Is it going to be too cluttered or what? Well, I mean, I know that Ben is over there on the other podcast and he's listening to this right now going, Stuart, don't say it. Stuart, don't say it. I really hope, I really hope we get some TV people in, in the event in infinity war. I really hope that. Um, yeah, that would be nice. I want it so bad. (laughs) So bad. Uh, just because I want it to, 
I want it to feel like it mattered. You know, I want the want the TV people to feel like they can contribute something to the bigger the bigger universe. You know, the big picture, the big picture. But yeah, and here's where Ben's gonna. Here's where I hear Ben in my head. They're not gonna be there. Yeah, we know Ben. We know. We know, know. but we can hope. We can hope, and it's less. It's less than a hundred days now. Yes, that's true. It's also less than a hundred days until I go to Disney. So that's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm, (gasps) I'm there the week it opens. Are you going to go see the movie while you're down there? If I can, we might be driving home because of of scheduling and all that sort of stuff. Okay. I so want to see it at Disney Springs. That would be amazing to me. (laughs) Um. Have fun. Yeah. No, if I do, you'll hear about it. Okay. <laughs> you'll hear about it. There will be set reports, me calling in going, I want a mama. So anyway, do you have anything else, Samantha? Uh, No, that's it. Okay. Thank you for rewatching Captain America, the first Avenger with us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to share your thoughts with us, head on over to welcome to level seven.com forward slash feedback, where you will find a great many ways to keep the conversation going. Welcome to the infinity initiative is a member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award-winning podcasts to help you think, laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Once again, thank you for listening. Next episode, The Avengers.